Hey, everybody. I'm John Small. And I'm Dan Bova. And from the Entrepreneur Media Podcast Network, this is Dirty Money. Investigators have called it one of the biggest corruption cases ever. You're one of the greatest con men of all time. You're the daddy of them all. But what does it take to be a good con man? I'm not guilty. You're the one who's guilty. Well, hey, Dan. Hey, John. How are you? I'm good. Just keeping myself out of trouble. How about you? Yeah, uh, you could say that. I almost killed myself this morning. And so I'm I'm feeling the after effects of that. Um, I'm a little, wait, 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 wait. Uh, wait, wait. You almost killed yourself. Wait, what, is, what does that mean? It's... <laughs> So it was such a perfect, so I record John down here in my basement. So there's a, not a huge flight of stairs, but like a, a basement sized flight of stairs. Yeah. So sometimes out of pure laziness, uh, when there's something that needs to be cleaned, like say my son's sweatshirt, I just kind of throw it down the stairs and I'll get it to it. I'll get to it later. So I did that last night. So then this morning, as I'm walking down the stairs with a full cup of boiling hot black coffee my foot goes out on the sweatshirt which i didn't i forgot was there and i landed flat on my back on the stairs and (laughs) spilled the cup of coffee all over my stomach and crotch um (laughs) so i luckily the crotchetal area was not too affected but i got like a sort of burn on my stomach i've got uh rug burns on my elbows for where I tried to like save myself from falling and the coffee. I don't want to laugh, but this is, this is kind of funny. This is like, he's doing top <laughs> the it's just so, so perfect. We so all, you have we, a burn on your belly. You're yeah, burned. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's, it's like a, it feels like a, like a good sunburn. So, so we both have belly issues. I, I don't know if this is too personal TMI. I had belly button surgery recently to have my Audi belly button turned into an innie belly button because this is a very important medical tip for our listeners. If you have an Audi belly button, as I did for many years, you probably have a hernia. Oh. Um, did not realize that. And so huh. uh, that needed to be mended. It wasn't a cosmetic wow. decision. I wasn't saying, oh, I want to have a handsome <laughs> belly. A handsome belly. So, wow. What's, uh, what's life so like okay. now? Are you lifting heavy sexy. objects? I mean, I haven't, you... I haven't really unveiled it at the beach yet, but yeah. um, you might see me. I think we're, I'm going to come to the beach and see you over the summer, and I, I can't wait for you to see my new belly. Wow, I, I cannot yeah. wait. And you can show me your burns, and we can compare scars, and then... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so at the risk of criminally boring anyone uh, listening, maybe we should get into today's today's heist today's yeah which is all about belly button theft which is interesting yes yeah Yeah. that was Uh, it it seemed like we were just randomly talking about our our belly injuries but but actually it's really tied in frankie belly buttons johnson who uh (laughs) stole a horrible (laughs) belly button button ponzi scheme in the uh early 19th century no no i'm dying to hear about your i know you've done a lot of research on your the subject we're going to talk about today, who is known as yes. the Napoleon of crime, right? I love it. Yes. The Napoleon of crime. This guy wasn't the Nepo baby of crime. Like he is a self-made man. He did all this. And of course, well, not of course, you probably don't know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about a guy named Adam Worth, who at the turn Real of the name? century, 
real name, Adam At- Worth. Adam okay. Worth. Yes. <laughs> right. Okay. You know Born. what? After after all the reading I've I've done, I never noticed that. But yeah. <laughs> okay. That's good. It's a good uh, name. He was born to be worth, I don't know. Yeah. He was born for financial crimes. Let's just put it that way. Let's put it that way. He was the Victorian era's most infamous thief. He was so infamous, so good at his job, so devious. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, who wrote the uh, Sherlock Holmes stories, said that Adam Worth was the inspiration for Dr. Moriarty, who was the arch nemesis of Sherlock Holmes. Oh, interesting. Um, So this this guy's big time. I'm glad he wasn't the inspiration for Jonathan Small, who is also apparently a Sherlock Holmes character, because whenever I Google my name, which is frequently, first thing to come up is Jonathan Small from Sherlock Holmes. Oh, is that right? <laughs> that is right. So I'm glad this wow. is I'm not based on this guy, but that guy. But Jonathan Small is apparently also an evil villain in the Sherlock Holmes books. Okay. Wow. Sidetrack. There you go. Wow. Well, Learning so a lot this, today. Yeah. So this guy, Adam, he was born to a poor family in Germany in 1844. And when he was around five, the family moved to the United States and settled in Cambridge, Massachusetts, where he... Uh, leapt into troublemaking. He got into all kinds of trouble as a kid, was stealing, fighting, doing all this stuff. The hard streets of Cambridge. That's right. That's right. He's known as Little Adam because he was uh, short in stature, but tall on uh, cojones. Uh, He would just, he wasn't Napoleon. Yeah, the Napoleon uh, moniker. And uh, so at the age of 10, uh, Little Adam runs away from home to New York. And at the age of 17, he goes from like a guy who was pickpocketing and doing this and that. He goes pro, John. He goes pro in a big way. Oh, yeah? Well, in what way? Like, how do you go from just being a kind of small scale pickpocket thief to somebody who's making this a profession? Right. So it was kind of like, I don't know if it's accidental because I feel like this guy was always looking for an opportunity. So around this time, the Civil War breaks out. So he lies about his age and enlists in the Union Army and is wounded during the Second Battle of Bull Run. And while he's in the hospital, he learns that Adam Worth, who he is, has been listed as killed in action. Oh. So he's like, hmm, so I'm technically, everyone thinks I'm dead. So he sneaks out of the hospital and uh, starts a scam, which is called bounty jumping. So when someone would enlist in the army, they would get a uh, joining bonus. Mm-hmm. So he comes up with a fake name, joins, gets his money, immediately deserts the army, changes his name again, rejoins under a fake name, gets the money again, rinse and repeat and rinse and repeat. Interesting. So how does, so how does he get the money? So he, there's no uh, electronic banking at this time. So he's just mm-hmm. given cash. So he takes the cash and and disappears. And it was not a, he didn't invent this. There were more than one people doing this thing. And, uh, but it does put him on the radar of the Pinkertons. Now, who are the Pinkertons? I feel like I've heard of the Pinkertons. Yes. So the the Pinkertons, they're an elite detective agency uh, that forms around this time. And they actually eventually became the Secret Service. Interesting. So if you've ever seen uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, they're on the run and they keep, they see that they're in pursuit by these guys, mysterious guys on horseback, no matter where they go. And they keep going, 
who are these guys? Those guys were the Pinkertons. So um, okay. they're this elite detective squad. Cool. But anyway, he's able to escape them. Spoiler alert for now. And he expands. He begins running a crew of pickpockets and thieves back in New York. And he hooks up with the crime boss, Frederica Marm Mandelbaum. That, <laughs> that's a name, huh? <laughs> Marm's Mandelbaum. Well, you know, as yeah. I dated a Frederica. I think you met her. So, uh, oh, that's yeah. right. That's right. Remember? Frederica. <laughs> Maybe she's related. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so working with marm uh he gets he goes bigger and gets into this thing where he is breaking into banks and stores but he's using this novel method where basically he sets up shop in a building next door to what he wants to rob and mm. digs a tunnel under the walls and into the place he wants to rob that's crazy um, yeah and he uh he hooks up with safecracker and they start pulling off all kinds of schemes. Their most major robbery was the Boylston National Bank in Boston. And again, they use their handy-dandy tunneling method. How long? God, that must have taken a while to do, like to build a tunnel. Like, yeah, it's, very I guess, Chapo. it's like El Chapo style, like the way he right, got it. I guess, I guess there's no social media back then. You know, what else are you going to do? Let's, let's dig a yeah. tunnel in, into a bank. So, so this is a good place to pause okay. and say that while he is far from finished with his criminal doings, Worth and his crew, they were noted for, they never charged him with guns and knives. They were not violent. In fact, he never even carried any weapons. He was all about being stealth. And actually to jump ahead a bit, one of the things that I just loved about this guy is that he later will establish himself as a gentleman cat burglar. So he's kind of like in high society. He's like this, you know, to catch a thief kind of guy, like, you know, this swab. Right. He would, he would have been played guy. by George Clooney. Right. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So our pals, the Pinkertons, learn about this, uh, this big bank heist. So Worth, uh, his pal Bullard, and he works with Marm to tunnel a safe cracker by the name of Carly Bullard out of jail. And then together, Worth and Bullard pull off a huge, huge robbery of the Boylston National Bank in Boston. And again, he tunneled this guy out of jail. Oh, my God. So he keeps tunneling all these people. Yeah. He's a tunneler. Yeah. <laughs> He's a tunneler. So the Pinkertons learn about the bank heist. And so Worth and Bullard realize they got to get out of here. So they board a ship for England with fake identities. Bullard is Charles H. Wells, a Texas mm -hmm. oil man. And Worth is financier Henry Judson Raymond, a name that mm -hmm. he borrowed from the late founder of the New York Times, which I, I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> so these two ne'er-do-wells arrive in England and they meet a barmaid named Kitty Flynn. They both sort of jockey for position with her and uh, Bullard wins that battle. Uh -oh. So Kitty and Bullard go off on a honeymoon and Worth gets right back to work thieving. And now this is really nice. When the lovebirds return, he shares all the loot that he had scored while they were away and they, uh, the three of them cement a partnership. Interesting. So he, even though they didn't rob get that score he still shared his uh his yes. loot with them. yeah and there's 
there's some theories. So Kitty and Bullard have kids. There's some theories that maybe uh, the kids might have been at least partially worth. Uh, nobody really knows. They, they didn't Seems like a little bit of a menage a trois going yeah, on. Yeah, right? yeah. Something's going on. Something's so, going on. Speaking of menage a trois, the three of them move to Paris. Uh-huh. And they open a place called American Bar, which is a restaurant and bar on the ground floor. Great name. Great name. It yeah, is a great write, name. Just say what it is. You know, <laughs> just say what it is. It's great why, SEO. Why? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. it's an American bar, right? <laughs> and what's great about that is that, of course, you know these these are scammers. So it's a restaurant on the ground floor, and it's an illegal gambling den on the upper floor. And uh, this was pretty cool. The gambling tables were built so that they could quickly be folded up inside the walls and down into the floor. So downstairs there was a buzzer. Like a yeah, so there was a buzzer, and if uh, they heard about police were coming or got suspicious of anything in any way, they hit the buzzer. The people upstairs fold all the tables up. No gambling den here. So I thought that was that's pretty pretty awesome. My goodness. So while they're now worth is uh, he forms a new gang of associates, including some people he brought over from New York. Things are going great. And then the Pinkertons again. William Pinkerton. Damn Pinkertons. Uh, pays the place a visit. And Worth notices this and is like, damn. And soon the Paris police are raiding the place time and time again. So Worth and, uh, and the crew say, we got to get out of here. So they rip off a diamond dealer, you know, to get some spending cash. And they ship off to London. And this is where he becomes this gentleman master criminal thing. He runs a criminal network. He organizes major robberies and burglaries. But he, again, he says, no one's allowed to use any violence while on these jobs. And very smartly, he never talks. We always see this in movies, but he never talks directly to the, to the guys pulling off the jobs. It's always through an intermediary or an intermediary of an intermediary. No one knows who's hiring them to pull off these schemes. So he's, uh, he's protecting himself. Kind of like a mobster. Yeah, this works. This is the mobster playbook. I need to work. I need to do this. This is, yeah, yeah. He's exactly. never talked directly to anybody. This right. Is a there's great no trick that all these guys use. Yeah. And uh, there's no, no direct. Yeah. <laughs> no, here's me in front of an open safe. Right. I just cracked, you know? <laughs> so, uh, so Scotland Yard, which is the England's version of the FBI, they learn of what he's up to. But again, he's been so good at protecting himself, they can't prove anything. So mm. he's a master criminal. He's pulling in millions and no one can touch him. That is uh, amazing. So this guy just gets away with everything, right? He's just, he, he's like the bling ring that we've talked about in the past. They keep thinking that they can get him and they just keep scoring. He does until he doesn't. Uh, <laughs> uh, it always ends. It always ends. Don't so, these guys know it's always going to come to an end at the end of the Not going to. It's always going to end badly. So yeah. people in this network start getting pinched, and uh, including his brother. But I guess he was a nice guy because he starts dipping very deeply into his own funds to buy off judges and buy off cops. I don't know if this was the kindness of his heart to get these guys out of jail or if it was, I got to get them out of jail so they don't squeal on me. Mm. 
But so that starts to go south. His buddy Bullard is not doing well at this time. He becomes a violent alcoholic and eventually he he bounces. He and his wife Kitty go back to New York. And Bullard actually started working with one of Worth's rivals, which, you know, couldn't have felt good. No. So honor among thieves doesn't seem like it. That is not a good friend. The safe cracker no. cracks up, becomes an alcoholic, and then leaves leaves his man. And the the fact that there's like a whole network of there's another guy who does what Bullard does seems yeah, like there's right. a lot of a lot of um, shenanigans going on at this time. And All the Pinkertons kind. were yeah, the Pinkertons maybe weren't weren't really on top of this, but they were trying. To yeah, be, I know. <laughs> before like really good policing, I guess. Yeah, I mean, they're supposed to be these elite detectives. Like, come on. Come on, it's um, a joke. But, joke. But now is when Worth, this is, this is where he really makes his mark. Okay. What does he so, do? So Worth and two associates who have uh, tremendous names, Junka Phillips and Little <laughs> Joe, steal a painting of Georgiana Cavendish, who, of course, you know as the Duchess of Devonshire. They steal a portrait of her from the London Gallery. Now, this portrait had been purchased by J.P. Morgan's father, who mm. wanted to give it to his son as this extravagant gift. So he bought it and agreed with the uh, gallery to leave it on display for a few weeks just so they could get some foot traffic. Unfortunately, some of the foot traffic was Worth, <laughs> who mm. uh, used his charms and his dapper attire to sneak in cut the painting out of its frame and make off in the middle of the night. I always wonder, so people steal art. I mean, do they think they're going to resell it on the black market? And I mean, do, you can't, it's like you can't display it anywhere. Well, I mean, yeah. Everybody so, knows it's hot. Right, yeah. right. So this is, uh, this is where it's, it's going to start to get a little, uh, start to get a little weirder. But, but mm -hmm. first, just a word. So the Duchess of Devonshire, she was this like super famous person during her time. She had like this amazing charisma. She had political influence. She was beautiful. There was all kinds of scandals with love affairs. She was also notorious for having a gambling addiction. So, so she was like, people liked her. People loved her. I got to look up the Duchess of Devon. I got to look up the Duchess of Devonshire. I'm looking yeah, her up. Yeah, she's, she, look her up. She's, she, she's a looker. Huh? She's a and, uh, and this is uh, this, uh, another royal who caught the global interest was her great, great, great grandniece, Princess Diana. Whoa. It all. Yeah. It all uh, yeah. <laughs> it all connects. So getting back to this painting that he stole, Worth is like, uh, I don't want to sell it. I like this. Oh, and man. His uh, his partners Junka and Little Joe were like, "What? <laughs> Why the hell?" By the way, Junka just... and Little Joe sounds like a rap group that I. I know, I know. Which maybe we <laughs> should form. Uh, that could be our aliases. I'll I'll be Little Joe. You could be Junka. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna be Junka. Uh, <laughs> so they were not happy at all about this tensions between the three uh, grew, and they actually ended up splitting. And Little Joe went back to America, where he was promptly arrested for trying to rob a bank. And this is when he told the Pinkertons all about the art theft. Mm. They told Scotland Yard, but again, Scotland Yard couldn't prove anything. So Worth was, he was untouchable. 
And while he's untouchable, he decides to travel the world a bit and basically shit, steal shit wherever he went, including a 500,000 score of uncut diamonds when he was visiting South Africa. Mm. And now this is a kind of this is weird, but he, uh, he brings this painting everywhere he goes. He has this trunk with a false bottom. He rolls up the painting and he, uh, he keeps it in his trunk. I wonder if the, maybe the painting was like super sexy and it's like back in those days, it was like the equivalent of walking around with like a Playboy magazine or something. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what the hell. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really, there's been, there's a great book written about this and there's been some stuff written about it. No one really knows exactly what his plan was because you know, on one hand, it was a very famous painting. It was a very famous theft and uh, there were all kinds of duplicates of it. Like people knew this thing. So historians aren't sure if he was just kind to trying to like lay low and say, maybe in 10 years I can sell this or mm -hmm. this is where it gets a little weird. And this is where the Playboy magazine thing. Some people wonder if he fell in love with the image. Mm. So he was a, he was a lover, not a fighter, as we've noted, but a thief. So anyway, he goes back to London, opens up a diamond shop to sell all those uncut gems he just stole. He gets married, has two kids, and at some point he travels to America and now he hides his beloved painting for safekeeping. Now again, up until this point, the dude's untouchable. And I'm not sure why he decided to do this, but he slips up big time and maybe it was hubris. Maybe he, uh, maybe he thought, I've gotten this far. I am, I am the Teflon Don here. But while he's in Belgium, he improvises a heist of a money delivery truck in broad mm -hmm. daylight and immediately gets arrested. Um, and in, in such a fashion that people were like, what are you doing? Like, it was just right. like you've been the so, dumbest, yeah, you've dumbest been so, possible way to do this. That's weird. I wonder why. I mean, because he'd been so good and careful up until that point. Yeah. I think maybe he, he wanted just, to get, uh, what, maybe he wanted to get caught. Maybe, maybe. I mean, that's why you got caught, right? You were just tired of running. You were exhausted. Yeah. I mean, at a certain point, yeah, you're just, you know, you, you just want to get caught. So you start, you start right. getting, you start getting sloppy, leaving. I heard that you try to get yourself put into prison so you could get free belly button surgery and then <laughs> you escaped. <laughs> and then I escaped through a tunnel. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's it. That's my story. So once he's arrested, all of his fake identities and all this stuff, it all falls apart. He goes on trial. All of his crimes are, are brought up against him. He's like, dude, I don't know what you people are talking about. I made all this money gambling, legally gambling, I might add. Of course, the judge, nobody buys it. And he's sentenced to seven years in prison, which sucks. But then it really sucks for him because while he's in prison, he gets beaten up very badly and his wife gets seduced and then abandoned by one of his fellow thieves. And she goes nuts. She actually winds up in an asylum. Her kids are sent to live with uh, Worth's brother back in America. So the crime doesn't pay thing is, is starting to come home to Catch roost. To it, it, yeah. it's, it's rough. He does get out for good behavior and his life is in shambles, but his kids are in America. So he decides, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to go back to America. Do we know why he, you don't have to tell me if you don't know, but do we know why he got beaten up so badly in prison? It was, uh, 
it was complicated. It was like, okay, yeah. it was like one of his rivals or someone. It, it was like, it was so hard to like follow that. I don't okay. Know. I forget it. So what, so, okay. So he's out of prison. Does he finally go straight? This guy? I mean, it's like, a, he's learned his lesson. We like to think because prison people learn their lesson. It really, that's really how it works. So yes, ish. He, uh, first he needs to fund his way back to America. So he steals 4,000 pounds. Uh, that's the, the monetary value, not the, uh, weight 4,000 pounds worth of diamonds goes back to America. And while he's there, he goes to the Pinkertons and he's like, dudes, I did it all. And I'm going to tell you my story. Which, uh, you know, there's no clear reasoning why he did this, but the Pinkertons, they're hearing this story and they're like, holy shit. So they write it all down and actually publish a book of his confession. It's called Adam Worth, alias Little Adam, Theft and Recovery of Gainsborough's Duchess of Devonshire. And so they publish this book and they also strike up a deal. If Worth will turn over this painting that's still missing, no one knows where he's hidden it, no questions asked, he will not be criminally prosecuted for it, and he will get a finder's fee of $25,000. Hmm, not a bad deal. Yeah, so he does it. He gives back the painting. So the painting, he didn't bring the painting in prison with him, I guess he kept it in. No, no, so the painting was, was hidden. Yeah, it was hidden all this time, gives it back, and then J.P. Morgan, who was supposed to have gotten it from uh, as a kid, you know, as a gift, buys it uh, for supposedly $150,000, which is a lot of money now and really a lot of money back then. Right. So, so Adam, little Adam is, is done. He actually becomes friends with the Pinkertons for a while. He's uh, working on a supposedly, uh, burglar-proof safe, which uh, doesn't really work out. And 25 grand sounds like a lot, but it doesn't go very far. He ends up back in London and dies soon afterwards, buried in a mass grave of paupers. No one knows who he was, no giant tomb to the Napoleon of crime. He's just one of of hundreds of uh, forgotten souls. Interesting. You know, a lot of these I think it would, that's the final revenge on these guys because all they want is notoriety and to live in infamy. And then they just die kind of like, thanks to us. We're the only reason that his name is kept alive. Yeah, yeah so nobody, I, nobody I, ever I'm remembers hope, this guy. I'm hoping the ghost of Adam Worth will uh, visit me and maybe uh, give Dig me a, a painting that he stole. Yeah, <laughs> Dig a Tunnel. So that painting, I guess you can see that painting. It must not be in the greatest shape. I mean, it was like, shuffled around all over the world and god knows what he yeah. did to it actually i wanted to look this up so let me, let me just google right. this where is the <clears throat> chat gvt come tell us where it is and then we'll have to double check it because it probably won't be accurate the painting remained in the morgan family until 1994 when it was put for sale at sotheby's and was purchased by the 11th duke of devonshire the chatsworth collection so i could say it. Yeah. So what, whatever happened to that painting, does it still exist? I can imagine it's not in maybe the best shape. I, I don't know. Like, yeah. God knows. Yeah. You, you would think being rolled up in the trunk is not the, the best place for, for a work of art. 
but it is it's out there and i'm not sure if you can see it so the the morgan family held on to this painting until 1994 and it was put up for sale at Souther, put up for sale at Sotheby's and it was purchased by the 11th duke of devonshire for 408,870 bucks and it is uh, hanging in the chatsworth house i don't know if you can visit it but maybe maybe you could pull an Adam Worth and you could tunnel your way in and take a peek yeah i mean it's it's sexy I'm trying to look it up. I'm looking at I'm looking at a lot of pictures of her online right now. We'll we'll leave links in the description if you yeah. want you want to see what the Duchess of Devonshire looks like. She's uh um, you know she's got a full head fetching. of curly curly red a lot hair, of curly hair, kind of fair skinned, kind of yeah. fair skinned, got a giant hat on. You can Loves see. hats. Yeah, <laughs> it's so funny when you look at these pictures in the old days, and you can't can't. It's just hard in our kind of modern way that we look at like beauty, it's like, you're sort of like, okay, that was attractive, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> All right. She is giving an alluring, uh, an alluring <clears throat> look. Yeah, so. a side glare, a little side glance, a little naughty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the story of the Napoleon of crime. You know, as we've just started doing, we uh, we go on a scale of one to 10 Bernies. Uh, yeah, the Madoff so our, scale. The made we're going to give him a Bernie and... For those just tuning in or new to our show, a Bernie is uh, one for the least, ten for the most Bernie esque. Dan, what do you? Where do you? Where, where do you? Where do you? Where do you put this guy? So I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna give I'm gonna give little Adam Worth. I mean, he stole a lot of money, and right. there are no victimless crimes when it comes to stealing money, especially back then. If you stole money from a bank, it was gone. There it wasn't FDIC mm-hmm. insured and all that kind of stuff. But the fact that he uh, insisted that there was no violence and Mm. never, at least there's no record of him beating people up or stealing stuff at knife point. I'm going to give him two Bernies, two Bernies. Two is, that's pretty low. Like that's pretty low. Yeah. Yeah. You're giving him a little bit of slack there. Yeah. I see what you mean. There was no crime. There was no, uh, nobody was ever hurt. The only person actually hurt sounds like he was hurt. He was beat up in prison. That's, that sucks. But yeah, like you said, I wonder the emotional damage done to the Duchess knowing that her portrait was out there. Yeah. I don't love that he stole art because I just feel like that's, uh, bad. I'm going to give him a three. Three. Okay. All right. But, um, but he's not, yeah, he's not, he's not up there in the Bernie ranks of just because, you know, he didn't, doesn't appear to have ruined people's lives. Like, right. Well, I would definitely say, I would definitely say he stole this. It was supposed to be a gift for JP Morgan. And I mm -hmm. think JP did just fine without it in his life. So, um, and he got it back anyway. And he got it back anyway. So, so there it is. So there um, it is, the Napoleon of crime, Mr. Adam Worth. There's the Worth building. Mm. Has nothing to do with Adam Worth. I'm sure. Woolworths, <laughs> I don't think that it does yeah, either. But. Nothing. Yeah, so Adam Worth, well, we've kept your name alive for one more day. Yes. So please smile upon us. Maybe You know what I'm thinking, John? Uh, so I'm in the basement, which is underground. Yeah. Maybe... When I fell earlier today, Adam Worth was there to catch me and make sure I didn't get hurt so that I could tell his story. He is a benevolent ghost. I Yeah. I mean, I feel like he's going to kind of watch over me all day today. 
and just make sure that everything goes well. Right. Me, maybe even nurse my injured belly button. <laughs> Adam Worth. If we we're probably going to hear from family members. How dare you? You son of a. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right. I know a few Worths, so I'm wondering. I'll call them. See, like, yeah, hey, you, you. yeah. Yeah. What do you, what happens when you find out that your ancestor from many generations ago is a bad guy? I don't know if you, if you use that as bragging rights or you just, yeah, I guess, I guess your last name was Hitler. It depends on who it is. Yeah. Yeah. It depends yeah. what the crime was. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on the crime. I think the Ponzi's are doing just fine. I don't think the Ponzi's have changed their names. I don't know. That's, that's, that's a baller move right there. Hey, I'm yeah. Dan Ponzi. Give me your Dude, money. Up, huh? I'm going to yeah, I love that. <laughs> Lil Ponzi. All right. Well, Dan, another pleasure. It was a pleasure finding out it. Thank you for sharing this story with us. Uh, to our listeners out there, thank you so much. If you like this show, if you like this episode, do us a favor and go into wherever your podcasts are hosted and give us a review and a rating. It is really helpful. It helps people find our podcast. Also, go in the comments and tell us you know, who you would like us to profile because we love yeah. learning about these, uh, these dirty criminals. And it's a lot of fun for us to, to do our research and, and find out. So Dan, thanks again for sharing this story that I knew nothing about. Yeah, yeah. And, and thanks to Mr. Worth for, uh, for pulling off a crime and, and not killing anyone in the process. That was Yeah, that was thank really... you for being a gentleman criminal. We, we need more gentleman criminals. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I'm going to go politely ask a bank teller for some money now. I'll, I'll let you know how it goes. Dirty Money is a production of the Entrepreneur Media Podcast Network. It is produced by Dan Bova and John Small with music by Rich Bova. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Thank you for listening.